Okay, y'all, before we get into this interview, I have to tell you what our friends at Target are up to. Through their Black Beyond Measure campaign, Target is celebrating and elevating Black success all year round. They had the HBCU design contest. Did y'all happen to catch the designs in stores last month? Oh, and you have to check out the Buy Black Product Hub. It is literally my favorite site to grab goodies for my home decor needs, especially candles. There are hundreds of Black-owned products on the site. So if you want to learn more about how Target continues to support Black entrepreneurs, students, and creatives, visit Target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure. Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. We know the day we met. So it was June 16, 2012. We do a mentoring camp in Dallas for fatherless boys. And so Ben was coming as a sponsor. And for three years prior, Ben had been coming to the camp. I had never laid eyes on Ben. Never. Never saw him. My sister knew him, but I had never seen his face. So when I saw him walking out of our meal tent, I was this like, is where we have two different versions. Okay, so. no, it's not. No, it uh, really is real. So I said, my sister was sitting on his ledge. I said, oh, who is that? He's cute. And then my sister's like, who, Ben? And I was like, oh, yeah. And so she said, I said, oh, what does he do? She was like, oh, he does something. Like, I mean, he's like one of our sponsors. Like, I mean, he's all right. Like, okay. Because really, I thought like he might be corny a little bit, but he's not. But I thought he might be corny. So... I thought I was an athlete. She followed me to my car. I don't know. I she was my car. I drove. Okay, let, let's, okay let's, no, let's no, no, let's no, I did not. Okay. He's trying to make it like his groupie love or something. Okay, that's cute. So, saw him coming out of our meal tent, and he just so happened to come over and talk to my sister and I. So, we're sitting there, and he comes over and he's like super corporate, like, uh, hey, uh, hi, I'm Ben. Uh, how you doing? And I said, hey. You know, because I was probably looking for like thug love at the time. You know, I wasn't walking in my purpose, probably in my dating life. Um, So uh, he started talking and he said, oh, you host events, you do stuff like, oh, I have an event in Dallas. Would you be interested in hosting? So I said, "Okay, like take my email, shoot me the information. Also, I'm not that great at like email correspondence, but okay." so. I said, just take my email, you know, just let me know. Well, he gets my number and then he calls me like a week later and he was on the phone and I was like, I was headed into, um, headed into work and I was like, okay, bro. Like, okay. Like hurry up. Like I was like, he was just so long winded on the phone. And so I was like, he said, yeah, yeah. You know, I got this event, you know, and I want you to come host. And I said, okay, like, all right, we'll talk about it later. That's not it? No, I'm just listening. Okay, so I'm just listening. after the mentoring camp, we just emailed each other, and then he followed me everywhere I went. I was hosting events. I did an event at Essence Fest. I was working with a client, and then he popped up. Like He's like, oh, yeah, I'm at Essence Fest. I'll see you. And I was like, okay, but I don't want to hang out with you. Like I was like, really? And then he said, he comes to this fashion show I was hosting, and I could see him in the back of the room. 
Like I, out of a whole crowd of people at Essence Fest, I see him. And he texted me and said, oh, you did a great job today. And I was like, oh my God, I thought that was you. I was like, you have a black shirt. You're standing. He's like, how did you see me? I was like, I said, I just saw you standing. Like, you but like she a, wasn't interested. So I was like, you're time. a six foot five black man. Like, I can see you from the black. You know, I can see you. And so he said, well, let's hang out. He was with his friends at Essence Fest. And he said, let's hang out. And I was like, well, I don't want to hang out with you and your homeboys at Essence Fest. Like, that's your thing. And I said, he was like, well, I really want to see you before you leave Essence Fest. And I said, okay. So I said, all I have time for is coffee. I'm going to the airport. All I have time for is coffee. So he met me at a Starbucks. We started talking. Like, it was just, like, casual conversation. But it was nothing where I was like, oh, this is going to be my man, girl. Like, oh, this is my man. This is my man. <laughs> like, it was nothing like that. Like, I just thought he was, a, okay, I was like, he's not corny. He's a nice guy. So he flew to Atlanta. He was living in Dallas. He flew to Atlanta probably like a week later after Essence Fest. And he said, well, let's get together. I want to talk to you about th- about this event. This event he's been talking about for a month. That I still ain't seen this event. This event still cheaper, ain't popped off. To date or than, this than this event still ain't popped out. off. Like I still have not seen it. We ain't done no event. We've known each other six years. I ain't seen this event yet. So a week later, he flies to Atlanta. And he says, um, we were planning an award show at the time. And I said, I said, all I have is dinner. I said, I'm booked up like all day. I'm really busy. He said, okay. So he says, I got you. Just come down, meet me. I got dinner, blah, blah, blah. So I go down and I meet him in Atlanta and he's like dressed up. Like I'm like, okay. Like I had a dress clothes coming from work, but I was like, oh, he looks like really nice. Like, oh, this is like serious. And he like made reservations. So like, I was like, Oh, like he's like professional, you know, he's real professional. So we get down and we went to STK. He made reservation at STK and we started talking. Now for the first like maybe five minutes of the dinner, we talked about this event that he was having this event. The rest of the time we just started to like talk and get to know each other. And I was like, oh my God, he's just so nice. Well, that weekend he was still in town. And I was working multiple jobs because I was still in the salon doing hair as well because I was a hairstylist. And he calls me like, hey, what you doing the next day? He said, what you doing? He was like, I'm going to the mall. Can you come help me pick out some clothes? So I was like, okay, Negro. All well, right. she said she was a stylist. I want to see what Well, that's why I was wearing many was. hats. I was yeah. like doing hair. I was styling people. Like I was doing it all. I was working for my dad, yeah. you know? So I was like, I was just trying to get the checks, you know? So I was like, look, I'm a single black female. I got to get this money. So I was out here working and he says, um, hey, what you doing? Like, help me pick out some clothes. And so um, I meet him out and then he said, oh, you so bougie. You only like to go to like high class restaurants. Like you only like to do like. And so I was like, I can take you to a really cool Mexican spot. It's really chill. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's nice. So we went to go have Mexican food. It's a little hole in the wall here. And he was like, oh, like, she's cool. She don't just, you know, I'm just got to take her to, like, you know, the fancy schmancy places. So we started talking. He was super nice. He was such a gentleman. Like, got my car door, and he was just super sweet. He just made me feel like I was a priority when we first met each other. And this was not even us dating. We were just going out, you know, just trying to, like, get to know each other. And that night when I left the Mexican Mexican spot, my sister was out of town. And I said to her, I called her and said, 
oh my God, you know who I went out with to have dinner? I said, when I with Ben. And she was like, oh, okay. Oh, Ben, from the camps? And I was like, yes. I said, girl, he will make somebody a really good boyfriend. Like he will make somebody a really good boyfriend. And so she was like, really? She said, but you don't like him. I was like, I just don't think he's for me. I don't think he's for me, but I said, he is a great guy. And so here we are. <laughs> we it's haven't a, been back to that restaurant, by the way, since. So she hooked me on the restaurant. We haven't been back. So. No, we haven't been back to the restaurant, but it took us a little while. Like after that, I told him to come to the Hoodie Awards. So we used to put on the Hoodie Awards. Now, like then they were called the Neighborhood Awards. Yeah. And um, so I said, no, you should come out to Vegas for the Neighborhood Awards. And we always sponsored the event. So yeah. for a lot of years, I, I actually would go to Essence year after year after year. And the overlap was like two weeks. So I just never went to the Hoodie Awards. So she gave me a reason to go. So I decided to go. I was always a sponsor. He says only old people that go party there. I didn't know. He, I didn't know they got down like that. So I he was like, I, I want to go party with myself. a bunch of old people. I was like, no, it's not old people. Like it's really fun. So he comes yeah. out to Hoodie Awards. Now this is the thing. I was not trying to date him. Like I really was not. Like it really was not. It wasn't popping like that. You know, yeah. I was living my life single, footloose, and fancy free. Okay. And um, he says, um, he gets to Vegas and I'm working and he calls me like, hey, I just touched down. And I was like, okay. All right. All right. You just touched down. All right, bro. Good for you. You know how the stories just change, though? Husband and wife. Okay. But like, this is what you did. Love she hung like, out with me all weekend. She skipped some of her meetings. To no. Okay. Me. No. Okay. okay. So look. Let's get it real correct. Let's well, Because he correct. was waiting on me after I got off work. So we had production meetings every night, every day. And um, Brandy, my sister, when I'm walking, we're leaving the office. She says, oh, there go your boyfriend waiting on you. Look at your boyfriend waiting on you to get off work. And I said, that's not my boyfriend. I was like, he's just cool. Like, we're just cool. And she was like, no, y'all going to be together. And I was like, no, we're not. No, we're not. I'm good. And we literally hung out the whole weekend. We talked all night. You know, we sat at a bar. And I don't even like sitting in a bar. But we sat at a bar. And... We talked about everything, just like life, relationships, past relationships. We talked about, you know, like him being in Dallas, me being in Atlanta. And we just started to really get to know each other. So that was the part where I said, this guy is awesome. And I think so I initially met him in June of 2016. So by August, that's when I was like, oh, OK, August of 2016, I, I like him. Oh, 2012. 2012. 2012. Oh, yeah. So the crazy part is, yeah, our son was born on the exact same day. So sometimes we'll be telling oh, the story. Gotcha. And we yeah, our son was born four years to the day, to the we, day met. we met. Oh, really? Yeah, he was born June 16, oh. 2016. We met June 16, 2012. So let's kind of get the dates. I'm out 2016. I think for me, like when I met her at the camp, I've been going to the camp for several years, working with Mr. Harvey, working with all the young boys. Um, I never saw her, so I knew the entire family but her. So when I met Carly, um, it was one of those things where we exchanged information. No, I wasn't trying to holler at her first. Um, it was one of those things where we just started talking and one of those people where the connection is there from the friendship and we just found ourselves, you know, late nights talking, enjoying each other's company. Her version is completely different. Um, but it was a person that I told her a few, probably about a few months in that I found 
gravitating so much to her that I said, you're going to be in my life for the rest of my life. I don't know what capacity. I didn't, I wasn't really thinking I was going to marry her, but I, I viewed her as someone that I wanted in my life. So let's, let's get these stories correct. But you also say when, like, when we, when people ask us, like how long we've like known each other, been together, you say we've been together since I met you. Like you always tell people that. Well, you know. You know. Like you do. You said like, oh, I've been. I'd say by a few months into our relationship, by August, September, I knew it was a person that I really, really liked. I wasn't looking for a relationship for myself. I was actually trying to spend as much time to myself. You know, I, I owned a business. I traveled a lot. Um, so for me, it was one of those things. I really didn't want to be in a long distance relationship. Carly was living in Atlanta. I'm living in Dallas. So for me, I felt like when we started dating, I told her I had to see her at least every three weeks because for me, the foundation I've been in a relationship prior that was built a lot of the relationship long distance and I felt like the foundation wasn't set. So that was really one of the things. I said we don't see each other every three weeks, you know. We just gonna have to we just have to figure something else out. So I think for me it was one of those things I really got connected with Carly and really started just enjoying my time with her and here we are today. I think the hardest thing, obviously communication is the biggest thing. So for us, communication, we talked on the phone nonstop. I mean, all the time. Uh, we actually did see each other every three weeks. I don't think we I ever think went we a time. We saw each other twice a month. I think that was yeah. our thing. Longest we did it, we saw each other twice a month. The and longest so, we went without seeing each other was the buildup of the wedding. Yeah. It was actually the few, a yeah. month or two prior to the wedding. That yeah, was the we longest. Chose, we were like, we don't need to see each other because... And that worked out real well because we hadn't seen each other for a long time. So we had the honeymoon baby. So, you know, that works out really well when you don't see each other for a long time. So I think with our distance, communication was key for us. Um, yeah. So when we did see each other, you know, we maximized our time. Mm-hmm. So we were able and because we have flexible work schedules, like we were able to do things on our own time. So if I went to Dallas to visit Ben, I could stay for, you know, five days, you know, three, four, five days, you know. And so we really got to maximize that time. But it was nothing like visiting is nothing like living with a person, you know, nothing. But also, even before we got married, we utilized our time probably in starting in 2014. We started using our time to go to counseling because we knew we wanted to be married. And so, but we wanted to make it work and we wanted the tools to navigate marriage because, you know, my parents were divorced. So I never got to see in my home, you know, that relationship up close and personal, something that was healthy and happy. And, you know, and even if times weren't as happy, you know, how do you navigate through conflict? You know, how do you do that? And then Ben's parents not being together um, and his father being incarcerated. So it was so many things that we wanted to work on that we needed that time. You know, although we were in a long distance relationship, you know, that never really bothered us because Ben got to live his life and I got to live my life. But we knew that we wanted each other. So. In 2013, Ben and I um, went on a trip to L.A. We went to L.A. And (laughs) this was a defining moment in our relationship. (laughs) And I had been traveling quite a bit for work. I had just come back from South Africa um, on a mission trip, actually. And then I learned I wasn't a missionary on that trip. But I went to (laughs) met Ben in Los Angeles. 
and we got sick. Like we got so sick on this trip, like in the hotel room, like, yeah, we're, we're, we're sick. <laughs> like, I mean, and we were kind of early on in our relationship. We hadn't even been together a year. It wasn't like that. So we were so sick. And the concierge at the hotel put us on to this, like, Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills, urgent care. Like it was like a, you know, they get you in and out. They give you your meds. Like it's like you know, an LA thing. Yeah, anywhere else you got to check in and give your symptoms. You got to go like you know to like the pharmacy to get your prescription. No, it was like an all in one. A doctor pulls us in, goes through about two minutes of talk, and then says, "Okay, uh, (laughs) would you like to bend over? Would you like to bend over?" I'm looking like, uh, so we go of each other. Like what's about to go down? We go to this doctor and they're like, they're like, oh, so do y'all want to go in a room together? And we were like, like in the exam room together? Like, like what do oh. I have? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's so going I'm like, on? what? No, like in the exam room together? And he was like, yeah, y'all can come there together. And so I was like, okay. Well, he said, well, it looks like, you know, maybe one of you all was sick, but y'all just kept passing it back and forth to each yeah. other. So we were supposed to both get on a plane. Like he was going back to Dallas. I was going back to Atlanta that same day. And so I was so ill. I just could not fly. And so the doctor, he says, well, you know, I can give you like a little shot and then you'll be fine to travel. And so I said, oh, okay. Well, he was like, so who wants to go first? Just bend over. And so we were like, oh, right. She's real holistic. So she's got me so at these I natural was like, I had tried to do this holistic like, way of healing myself while I was work. there. That's not But, working. you know, I needed a little more time. And, you know, my immune system, I felt, was a little weaker from traveling so much. So I said, oh, God, I'm, I'm in a bad spot. Well, we ended up getting, like, getting this, like, Z-Pack or something to get us to the airport. Well, I get to the airport. Now I'm in tears because I'm like, I look a hot mess. Like, I mean, a hot mess. And like, you know, I like a, I like to glam it up a little bit. So, I mean, I was in the airport, like sunglasses, no makeup. Like I was like, this is bad. <laughs> like I'm this, this not my stilo, you know? And so we get to the airport and Ben says, I cannot have you travel back to Atlanta by yourself. Like, I just can't. He's like, I'm getting you a ticket. You just fly to Dallas with me and I'll take care of you. And so I was like, what? And so he flies me back to Dallas, gets me on the plane with him. He like nurses me back to health, like nurses me back to health. I mean, made sure I was okay. And like, I stayed there for three extra days until I felt like I was great. And then he sent me home. Like he was like, now I feel comfortable enough sending you home. The way that he nurtured me and cared for me, I was like, this might be the one, like, this this one right here. Like, it was just the level of care that he showed me was, that was the part where I even called my mom and she was like, I mean, that's just, that's just amazing. You know, he just took care of you in such a way that's so special. And so that was when I literally said like, this might be the one. Cause he he took care of me when I was sick, you know, and that showed me just his heart. That showed me who he was, you know, and just who he was as a man, you know. And that was special to me. That's still one of my hands down, like you know what, you know what. <laughs> like, I gotta remember that next time we're in arguments. <laughs> I gotta remember that. Okay. Yes, yeah, so when you. <laughs>
in sickness and in health. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, you did that. I think for me, I knew I wanted to spend my life with her, but I was I was a little bit afraid, and I was the one who actually suggested us going to premarital counseling. So. Being long distance, I come from a very dysfunctional family. Like my mom lost me to foster care at six months of age, you know, went through the court system. So I never had stability. It was just my mom and myself when she was around. And then she had a very, you know, hard drug addiction. So I bounced around my whole life from high school. I lived with three different families in a four year period. So I was like the blind side story. Antoine Fisher rolled into one. And then my dad was around like at the age of seven for five minutes and I didn't see him again until I found him on an internet search. So there was no real outlook to look at, you know, relationship one-on-one and I just didn't want to fail. And for me, I'm always been a person who will work hard at everything. I think for Carly, um, she was really the first person I was really 100% honest to. And what I mean, I, I could tell her anything. Um, she brought that out of me. I think she was a connection that from personality to just having fun like you know we just we just connected i mean we'd be on trips a couple months in and people were like how long you been together how long you been married it was like always one of those things we walked in the room you just knew and i think for me i knew but i was fighting it and the more i tried to fight it the more i wanted to be around her so i was a little bit stalkerish a little bit longer into the relationship so i think it was one of those things that we just have fun we still have fun. So it's, I think you got to marry somebody who's not just, you know, your lover, but your, your best friend. And Carly's truly my best friend. You know, I don't look at it as being like a stalker. I just look at it being like consistent and persistent. Yeah. Like if you want something, you gotta go then get you, it. you know, you show you up gotta and show go out get for it. it. And I think that Ben did that. Like he was just always consistent. Yeah. You know, I never had to, um, and that was also the other thing, like how I knew, you know, I wanted to be with Ben was because like so much in my past relationships, I would have to be like, where you at? What you doing? Like, uh, you gonna show up? Like where you, you know, it was a constant where I felt like I had to, you know, try and figure out what the other person, oh, are you gonna be here for me? Are you gonna show up for me? And I think Ben just, he showed up. He did whatever he said he was going to do. He did that. You know, if he said he was going to be there, he was there. That's what I respected about him. We're boundary setters. So, in fact, I got a story for you. Uh, this is when I knew Carly was one who will work with boundaries. So she's going to always be late. And I mean late. Okay. So I would always fly her into Dallas. Okay. I got to share this story. Yeah, we okay. got to share oh, this story. Because okay. okay. she, okay. she's one to... Um, she has her boundaries and she sticks by them. But one thing I always said is, if I fly you in, you got to be on time. And she didn't really think I was, you know, she was like, okay, she pushes everybody over. She's not going to push me over. So I said, if you're late the next time, I'm putting you on another flight. So she calls me. Hey, lover. That's our thing. It's always, hey, lover. Hey, lover. Got some good news. I got some bad news. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what? Good news is I'll, I'll see you tonight. Bad news is I missed my flight and they're putting me on another one. Okay. Spirit Airlines, uh, she's a Delta flyer as I am. This is not a Spirit uh, Airlines plug, but Spirit Airlines, I put her on the next flight because I had to see her. So I put her on Spirit. She flies in. She's like, what airline did I just get on? They're like, oh my gosh, Steve Harvey's daughter flies Spirit Airlines. I knew it. 
So when I pick her up, we were ready to go to a restaurant. She's so mad at me. She's like angry. Well, because I but, said, like, how do you just go from like, like, how do you just jump to like spirit? Like, how did we do that? Like, how did we get yeah, there? There's like, levels the, to it. So you don't play with my time. Like, that's like, you just. Like, I'm like, did you really save any money? Because you got to pay $50 for this, yeah. $50 for that. Like, did you really? What? She hasn't missed a flight since, though. So we're good. Okay. Have you missed any flights? I have not. Okay. Because I honor you. All right. I respect you. <laughs> All right. I respect you. <laughs> to this day, I think I've never been on Spirit. I think I know so much about it, but I'm don't. You don't want to do it. You're not missing anything. There's not. There's it. nothing there for you. There's nothing there for yeah. you. That leave that where it is because that that is something like your whole mindset has to be very different for you to <laughs> win in a Spirit Airlines oh. line at the ticket counter because yeah. literally you're trying to figure out like, didn't you just check me in? And then now you're here. Then you gotta pay another hundred when you get there. And then you want the good seat. I put her on the good seat though. She got a good seat. Girl, okay, boy, <laughs> okay, we playing. It was, it was too much. It was too much. Yes, that, that's what I told him. And at the time I'm like, why? Like, because he re this was on another flight that he put me on spirit. Oh, look, I'm not mad at him for doing that. No. Yeah. Hey. Mm -hmm. It's like he communicated exactly. That's right. what I'm gonna it's do. It's called tough love. Like yeah. it's tough love. Yeah. Okay. Um, well yeah, you learn your lesson. Like yeah. you learn your lesson. So I have not missed a flight. That was the first year of us. That was the, yeah. yeah, and I'm here we are. And I will not. I don't mess around with this one. I don't mess mm -hmm. around. I don't mess around. Because mm -hmm. he's all about, like, wanting to teach you a lesson. It's like, bro, I don't have time for these lessons. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Just tell me. I'm good. All right, y'all. We are going to take a little pause right here to talk about joy. And something small that brought me joy this week was my weekly Target run. I was able to shop Black-owned and founded brands and get everything I need to bring me a little joy. And we're not talking about just in February. Through their Black Beyond Measure campaign, Target is celebrating the Black community all year round. It's important to make sure that we all take a moment for joy. If you want to surround yourself with a little joy and help uplift and celebrate Black creatives and entrepreneurs, make sure to visit Target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. For us, we probably made it about as difficult of a transition as you can. <laughs> so Carly's a twin. She's used to her own set of ways. She lived in Atlanta for seven, eight years prior. Yeah. So we get married. She moves to Dallas. We're on a two-week honeymoon in uh, Bali, and we traveled, had the best time. And all of a sudden, here we are. We're in Dallas. So she's away from her twin. She's in a new city. And not to mention about three, four weeks into our married life, she comes to me after a weekend and is like, hey, lover, I need to talk to you a second. So we spent Thursday, Friday, Saturday enjoying our weekend. So I'm getting ready to leave to the office. And it's like Monday morning. She says, I think I'm pregnant. And I'm like, oh, you just stressed out because of the move. <laughs> I'm like, what? You're pregnant? What? You're pregnant? And my head just starts going like a million directions. So I didn't even put her on our health plan yet because we had been gone. So literally the day she tells me, the next day our health plan, she wouldn't have been able to get on. So I'm in the office. I'm like scrambling like, you're not pregnant. Just take another test. Take another test. Well, at that time, so we got married September 26, 2015. Yeah. 
We left for our honeymoon like three days later and we got back October 11th. So on October 31st, that's when we found out we were having a baby. And so we were only married one month, yeah. one month. Like literally I still was living out of my suitcase from my honeymoon clothes because I hadn't even brought any, I hadn't even moved from Atlanta yet. Like I still had stuff in Atlanta. So it was such a transition where I was like, this is, this is surreal. You know, this is like a feeling where when people say like, we jumped into our marriage, like we jumped in head first. <laughs> we're all the way in. Like we were all the way in. Like it was no like, oh, I'm gonna get in the house and get to know you. And then, you know, I'm gonna cook these fabulous meals for you and everything's gonna be perfect. I'm gonna be clicking around the heels all day. No, no, mm. it was a real, once we got married, it was like, you know, you're throwing up, you're, you know, it was a real experience, yeah. you know, it was a tough transition because I was moving to another city to be with Ben in Dallas. And then um, I'm very close with my twin, but it wasn't just that. It was like, you all got married, you know, that's a transition. Mm -hmm. New city, that's a transition. Oh, now you want to have a baby? Okay. So let's just, it was, when I tell you it was so much going on in our lives, like the first year of our marriage is almost like what just happened here? Mm -hmm. Because it was like, you know, once once the kids come, mm. whew, baby, that yeah. was a whole different experience. So and then we were so used to um traveling, I yeah. mean we flying city to city. We would gone. just pick up and go, like, oh, you wanna go here? Let's go. And so it was really a test of our patience. It was, it was love. We really mm -hmm. were like, I love doing you. a lot of googling. Like, what? They don't have answers for this right here. I'm he talking said, to my mom. We're at the shopping mall. Like, <laughs> she lost her mind. We're at the grocery store. <laughs> I, I would mean, just start crying. She start crying on the aisle. I'm like, what? 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 What, what happened? What like happened? he was like, what are you doing? Like you're looking no. at ice cream. Like what are you doing? Why are you crying? I Left like, the food out for a few minutes. Oh, you just don't understand. We can get more food. We got more food. We can get more food. Like so, it was it was a a patience. It was a patience thing. Yeah, for it was, us. A, it yeah. was a test of our patience. But. It definitely was. Go hard or go home. That's our motto. So we we did it. We, we did went, it. We went so hard. I yeah, we did it. We, we did went, that thing. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. I will not lie. Our yeah. first year of marriage was like, whoa, whose life is this? I think you have this idea. You have this vision. We're traveling. We're doing all these things. She gets to town. I have this high rise. I'm used to us going to games, events, traveling. It's like. She's sick. We're at home. Like, what's going on tired. in her life right Super now? Super tired. Tired all the time. Tired. Oh. You understand it, but then you really don't understand it because you've never been through it. So you're like, okay, what? Well, come on. Can we at least let's enjoy this? Let's enjoy this time. No. Mm -mm. Well, mm -mm. I think because we had planned our first, our anniversary trip, our one year anniversary trip, we planned it on our honeymoon. We were sitting there, we we're like, oh, we're gonna do a tour of Italy. It's gonna be beautiful. Oh, it's gonna be, oh, then we're gonna do the South of France. It's gonna be amazing. And no, our one year anniversary was spent on the couch trying to get some sleep. My mom came to town mm -hmm. to like relieve us. Mm -hmm. And that, and we went to the movies on our one year anniversary because we had just had our son. I think having BJ so early on, I mean, it, it was hard because 
I was being tugged on wanting to be this awesome wife, but then having the new pressure of being an awesome mother and being pulled on a way that I had never been pulled on before, you know, and I had to nurture a child, but I also want to be there and be there for my, be there for my husband. And I felt like I couldn't be there in the capacity in which he needed me at times because, you know, you feel like motherhood, it takes over, you know, especially with a new baby. Being sleep deprived and not feeling like, I ain't feeling sexy, boo. I ain't feeling this. Like, I'm looking like a beach whale. Like, I'm oh, feeling <laughs> like, I'm just not feeling it, you know? And you go through so many emotions while you're pregnant. You're like, oh my God, I'm huge. And he's like, no, you look good, girl. And you're like, please, with these husband goggles you have on like <laughs> what are these goggles you are looking at me with? like i look crazy you know and i just i at times like our first year like that first year when i had bj like i was like who am i like i don't even yeah. recognize this person because it was such a hard transition and the beauty of it was ben made a decision for us as a family after bj was born so 2016 he said look we need we need to go move to Atlanta where you have like a support system because in Dallas, we, we, you know, we had some extended family, Ben's sister lives there, but we did not have people who could like really like, oh, I can take your child or I can do yeah. this. I was used to change my whole life. So I was having to move to places when I wasn't ready. So I didn't even tell her actually, I told her dad because I didn't want to get her excited and then not be able to execute. So I actually told her, um, Easter weekend, we were in South Africa. I'm like, we're moving to Atlanta. And she's like, uh, okay, what, what? Well, I was six months pregnant. He says, we're moving to Atlanta. I was like, oh my God, we gonna mess up our money. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why would you do this right now? Like, we're about to have a baby. We gotta start over. Like, yeah. so that's where I was. Like, I mean, honestly, you know, okay. But it really was the best thing for us. So I think he had the foresight to move us even when I couldn't see that it was the best thing for us at the time. Yeah, I mean, I built a business. I've been, you know, one of the top insurance and financial services business owners in the country. So I'd hit the pinnacle in, in Dallas and to get up and move, it was a scary thing, I'm not gonna lie. But when I moved to Dallas, I knew not a single person. When I left, I built the foundation and the roots. And I knew I would, you know, be back and be able to do some business there. But for me, I knew that I wanted to make things as comfortable for, for Carly and BJ. And, you know, the uncomfortable is what I'm used to. So uh, I really spent a lot of time by myself, you know, thinking it through. And um, once I made my mind up, I just said, we're going to do it. You know, it was no only, there's no other way to do it, just to do it. And coming here was a transition for me. You know, it was a big transition. And it wasn't easy. I, I'll, I'll say it wasn't easy because... When I started the first time opening my business, I didn't have someone there. I didn't have a baby there to pull me away. So 5.30, 6.30, hey, where you at? Like, what's, what's going on? I'm over here trying to start something, trying to build something. I already had a foundation here, so it made things a lot easier. But uh, to say that things were, were difficult, yeah, they definitely were, but we made it, we made it work. And I think for, for us, I didn't want to move back to Atlanta and have, like, it would to fulfill my own desire of like, oh, I'm back with my sister. Oh, I'm back with my friends. Like everybody, my, my people are here. You know, I wanted him to feel good about it. And I told him, my thing was, I wanted him to feel like, well, we don't have to do this just because we're having a baby. Like we can make it work. Like we can, like, 
we are super resilient. We can make it shake, you know? And yeah. I didn't want him to move here because like, you know, don't just feel like we have to do it. Like we can, we can, we can make it happen in Dallas. But I wanted him to feel like he had friends and he had a support system that he was coming to. But it really worked out. Like it really did. It was yeah. a it was a sacrifice financially, but we gained a village here in Atlanta as far as support with our son. So I think for Ben and I making date night a priority, um, using friends or sister to uh, help us with BJ because parenting is tough. It's tough. We may not always agree on where, well, he should do this or he should do that. But for the most part, I think we're, you know, Ben is like, oh, you got this, go ahead. Do you think, do you think you got it, you know? But I think making date night a priority um, is great for us. Even when Ben goes to speak, if he's speaking at a conference in another city, then he's like, come on, come with me. And so my mom has been such a great support for us. You know, Lord, if we didn't have my mother, you know, I mean, even when BJ was first born, she stayed with us in Dallas for two months, yeah. you know? So that was such an amazing, amazing help. So she flies in quite a bit to help us, but definitely doing date night and continue on with counseling. I think that we constantly um, need a tune up in our marriage. I think it's a uh, constant because we're changing, we're developing, we're moving. And we don't want so much time to pass where we feel like, oh, well, I mean, we haven't really talked, you know? So we like to keep that communication open and talk about like what's going on, but definitely keeping our our, our uh, therapist on deck. Yeah. Like, and we made know. it a priority from, from the jump street. I yeah. mean, we traveled through our relationship the minute BJ was born. We got him acclimated, used to traveling. You know, the way we live our lifestyles, we just, put BJ right in and he's, you know, jumped right in, you know, he's on his first international trip, six months, yes. six months. So I think for us, it's like making that a priority because she breastfed BJ for a, a full year. Over a year. That's where we differed. <laughs> I wanted six months. I was ready to sign off at six months. She wanted to go through the full year, but it worked out. He's been the healthiest kid. I think for us, it's like making it a priority. He's in a good school now. so. When we get the help, I make sure I'm like, all right, all right, I gotta go, bye, bye. Like, come on, and my I mom think, is here, let's go. Yep, I think that was one of those things that we have enough people around us that we trust, you know, to to take care of BJ when he's here, um, and that's that's our thing. Date nights have have to be a priority, or or we tend to hit that wall where we look at each other like, all right, we need some time, and we make sure we make it happen. Yeah, even just a couple weeks ago, we decided like I was like look, we have just been going, going, going. You've been speaking a lot. You've been going to a lot of different cities and, you know, we've been on the move. And I was like, we just need some time with each other, you know, to really sit down for a couple of days and just reconnect, you know? So I think that was just, yeah. that's what we- Yeah, we had a good time in Miami. So we make those vacations now, like- They may not we be don't as elaborate, do like, you know- We try to do a staycation our first- what? Oh. Oh, yeah, our first year, we tried yeah. to like oh, do Atlanta. Like, Those don't work for us. Cause then we oh, just go get a up, hotel. It was just too yeah. much. Like, like we would, why are we wasting this money? Cause we'd be checking. We'd be, stuff in the oh, house. well, let me go just, let me go check in. Like, so it's not yeah. good for me. Cause yeah. I'm, we just make it work. And I, we haven't been able to do a lot of elaborate, like, oh, it's a 20 hour flight trip, you know? Yeah. But we make Charlotte work. Mm -hmm. If that's a, you know, it's drivable and Ben is going to speak there. We make that work. You know, we make Miami work, you know? So it's just about capturing those moments. 
when Carly was pregnant, and I always was speaking into existence, June 16th, the day we met, that's when BJ is going to be born. So I already had BJ named. So to have him carry my name was something special for BJ to have a father that's active in his life because my dad was never there. Um, I think relationship-wise, family-wise, that's what we try to do. Everything is about BJ seeing love, seeing his mother, seeing his father. And I think for us, I, for me personally, I knew what not to do. So, I mean, I think everybody says, well, how you feel? Like, what's it like being a dad? Or, I think it's one of those things where when you're thrown in, if you want to be a good dad, you're going to be a good dad. If you want to be a good husband, you're going to be a good husband. It's about the work you put in. And I think for me and Carly is we're willing to put the work in. So we don't always have the answers. We don't always do things the right way, but we're we're here. We're not going anywhere. That's something we always say. We don't ever use the word. And you hear this all the time on TV or friends getting an argument. Oh, I want to divorce you. Or I want to break up with you or whatever the case is. We we are in it to win it. And that's something that we do. So it's like, all right, you mad at me. I'm mad at you. Okay, maybe we won't talk for a little bit, but we're not going anywhere. Going and I think nowhere. that's the thing that, we try to show BJ and and hopefully many others. Yeah, I think that's the thing, you know, because we didn't grow up in with parents that stayed together. You know, it was difficult. I think even growing up, I love when my when my friends, I have friends parents have been married 40 years and close to 50 years. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look at the, I used to look at them like, "Oh my god, you have the most amazing life. Like your dad is there like all the time." Like you get to go to the movies with him on Sundays. You know, I thought that was so special. And I said when I got married, you know, and definitely being, you know, a little older when I got married, definitely like 33 when we got married. I was 33. He was 35, 36? 21. 25. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 36. You're 36 when you got married? You yeah. start forgetting once you're 30. No. <laughs> She likes to remind me of my age. No, I'm only three not, years old. Yeah, but you're not old, lover. You're great. It was a great time. Great time. So, um, you know, I knew what I wanted. You know, I was very clear mm-hmm. on the type of marriage that I wanted to have, but I knew that I wanted to work at my marriage. I knew that whoever I was with, I didn't want to give up. I just did not want to give up on them. And, you know, I'm not saying this is like, oh, you just stick it out for, you know, your abuse. You know, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that. Tough times will come. They will come. Everyone, I don't care who you are, you're going to experience some sort of tough time. Some sort of trial is going to come your way in your marriage, in your life. It's like, but I wanted to be the person that I saw him worthy enough to stand in the paint with him. You know, I viewed him as someone, man, he's not only is he smart, he's handsome, he's charming, he's all of those things, romantic, but he is a stand-up guy. He's a guy with integrity. And I wanted, I said, I want to spend my life being his partner. I want to go yeah. through life with him, holding his hand. And that was the part with Ben. It was like, I want to hold your hand through this life. Whatever comes our way, like you're my friend. You are my friend. And I want to hold your hand through this. And so our thing is like, you know, we get on each other's nerves. Like I wear him out. I am a lot. I know that. He's a lot. I know people think, oh, Carly, you know, you're the one in the relationship. No, I know who I married. He's a lot, too. <laughs> He's a lot. But divorce is just not an option for yeah. us. We don't bring it up. It's never on the table. You know, and that was our one thing in therapy and counseling. It was like, you know, that's not that's we're not going there. So you can get mad. 
and you might need to cool off and that's cool. But at the end of the day, when we come back here, like we're in it to win it together. And so I'm like, okay, you can be mad. You can be big mad, bruh, but we ain't going nowhere. So you gonna eat this food or not? (laughs) You gonna eat, I got some food. You wanna eat, come on. You know, so I think that's just what it is. Even this past year, we just experienced some things where, where we've had to really stand on God and stand on our faith and be strong in that, you know, because it was some experience that we've experiences we've had, but I knew that we were able to get through it together. Like I was glad. I was like, you know what? I'm glad to be your wife. Like I'm proud to be your wife. Like I am. And so that was just, I think that's just where we are. It's just rewriting the story that was told to us. Like, this is what it should be for you. This is what it should yeah. look like for you because, oh, your daddy's in prison or your dad wasn't there. Uh, your parents got divorced. You were raised in foster care. Yeah. So y'all aren't going to win. And like, we're like, do you know who we are? Like, do you know who we are? Like, bruh, we going to win. Like, we're going to do this thing together. That's just the decision we made. And we keep a good circle of friends around us, you know. Try to be honest, many married couples. Yeah, married couples who encourage us. We have some really good married friends um, who have experienced a lot in their marriage, but are definitely walking this thing hand in hand. And even some of our single friends, like, you know, our single friends really encourage us, Mm -hmm. you know. My sister is team Ben all day, you know. She's like, oh, I just love y'all. Like, like. I'll say, oh, Ben, what you do? What you say? I know you said something. I'm like, okay, Brandy. All right. Okay. Okay, (laughs) Team Ben. (laughs) But I think, you know, we have people who really support us and who don't want to tear us down, you know? And I think that's the the beauty of surrounding yourself with good people. There's just too many fake people out there. and, and, And everybody acts like they don't have problems. And I think I used to always look at the Cosby show growing up. You got the doctor he got the lawyer and even when i met carly i'm like oh you come from the cosby family so i just don't think there's a perfect blend of a relationship i think the more you look at you know someone ideally i want this i want that um, it's hard to find and i think you can take two opposites and make it work i asked that when we started our you know premarital counseling like you got two people have failed like you know as far as relationships when you look at parenting and you say well can you make this work i think the constant answer is, are you willing to? And I think that's something that we just keep doing. There was a lot on the line, you know, there was a, you know, a lot at stake on the actions of some other people, you know, who were distrustful, you know, who, you know, did some, you know, shady things. And, you know, I think there were times where we were like, oh my gosh, we could lose some things like, our whole life could change. And I think that's where our faith comes in. It's just understanding that God is real. He is real. And he's real in our home. He's real in our marriage and our lives. And we put him first. And so that's when you just step out on faith and you say like, God, you are in control. You know, I surrender. I surrender to you. I surrender to your way. Like just use us, like just let us be your vessels. And so. That's just where, you know, I think we were able to come out of that. I think one of the things Carly's great at is she's a person who's always there. 
um, you know, we pray together, you know, anytime we have an event, anytime we're doing anything, anytime something happens, we, you know, we pray together. Um, all right, now, and I just be like, Lord, come on, my husband. <laughs> but, but in all, in all truth, I mean, that's what we are. I think for me, um, she's always been a listening ear. You know, I do do a lot of speaking across the country, sharing my story that I was once very embarrassed about, you know, not willing to share and to have people come up to you and say, you know, your story, you know, changed my life. You know, I thought about giving up and she encourages that and she does that. And I think it's so funny and ironic that two people that want to help so many people, we meet at a mentoring camp where she works with, you know, all the mothers of fatherless boys. And then I'm working with the boys and that's just something that we do. And that's something that we incorporate our son into. That's something that we incorporate our, you know, our business into is really helping and changing lives. So if it wouldn't be for her pushing me forward sometimes when I don't feel like, you know, getting intimate, you know, with certain things or sharing certain things or, you know, because as an adult, we have moments where, you know, some of our most trying times are, you know, going through it. When I met Carly and we're dating, I mean, I had this vision, like my dad, and find him at 27, he's going to be there, you know, at my wedding. And, you know, a couple months, you know, we get engaged in October. Um, and December of that year, he gets incarcerated for another 19 years. And so a lot of devastating moments for me. And I think she's always been there that, you know, it's about me and her, no matter what happens, no matter what's going on outside this world, you know, we got each other. That's, that's what I've always wanted with somebody. That's the question we get though all the time is because people look, okay, follow Mr. Harvey everywhere. And they're like, well, you guys had what, oh, what is it's this? Oh, a perfect life, you know. And, we and I think that was the right away. Like, because when oh, I first we, met him, I thought I was like, oh, he's so clean cut, like he's so together. I was like, oh, he's his his mama got to be a lawyer, his daddy got to be a doctor. You know, I really thought that. Yeah. But you know, like, and he <laughs> thought that my life was perfect because you know my dad is on TV and he's one of the biggest entertainers you know in the world right now. I mean, he's got like thirty thousand jobs. You know. <laughs> I mean, who works more? You turn on ABC, NBC, he's everywhere, you know? He's everywhere. And I think that, you know, even when, you know, when I met Ben, you know, I was still dealing with the abandonment of my dad. You know, I was still dealing with the trauma of not having him as a child. You know, when my parents got divorced, I was young. I was, I think when their divorce was final, it was like maybe 11. But I mean, he was gone, you know, way before then because he was traveling so much doing stand up. So he was like around the country all the time. And I think I think people have this like misconception that, you know, when your dad is a celebrity, that your life is perfect, that no tribulation, you've never exper experienced anything trying. You don't have any hard times. You're automatically rich. And I was like, no, like he's rich. I'm not rich. Like I'm not rich. Like I have to work. Like I do. Like I know it seems all glitzy, but like there's like a real job here. Like I really do stuff, you know? And so I think there's this misconception that people have and that that when you experience hurdles that you it, it automatically jump over them easier. Like it's just like, oh, it's easier for you. And I think that the same hurt that other people feel like I feel that too like I cry I get sad you know there are moments where I have to you know give myself a pep talk in the mirror you know I've been told what I'm not you know and I have to then reassure myself of what I am and I think meeting Ben you know I had this perception of Ben that Oh my God, like, look at you, like successful men, you know, so clean cut, got it together. 
And he came with such an amazing story where I, when he first started telling me like, oh, well, yeah, I met my dad. He was in the federal penitentiary. I hadn't seen him in 21 years, over 20 years. I was like, I'm sorry, what? What? And now to have his dad back in prison, you know, was really hard for us. You know, it was very hard. And then Ben's mom also suffering from mental illness. So, you know, being bipolar, um, manic depressive. So that's a lot. So you experience your trials like you do. I think that our experiences may be different, but, yeah. you know, we, sh we have all shared in some level of pain, you know, some level of hardship. And I think people think that it's just supposed to look a certain way when you when your parent is on television, you know? As Ben always says, like, he will not, you do not allow your history to control your destiny. You know, Ben always says that when he goes to speak. Um, he even has t-shirts that he sells to say, don't let your history Oh, we're selling shirts? <laughs> oh, we're selling shirts here? We got a book, too, now. We got a best-selling book we can talk about. Okay. I'm going to put my man. Okay. Okay. Right. But I think, you know, we have, although we've experienced that with our parents, yeah. like, we were like, those were our parents, though. Those were decisions that they made. And I think that we have to remember that we're in this life having a human experience. Yeah. Fall down, we make mistakes. Like, we're not perfect within, with each other. Like, we say, like, we said some things that was like, oh, you said that? Oh, okay. Oh, that's what you said. Oh, you, you stand behind that? Oh, okay. Okay, do your thing, bro. But we know, like, that the love we have, the love that we share for each other, it goes beyond where we are right now. You know, we look at this moment and say, well, I could say this and like, oh, I could let my ego, you know, be in control of this moment. But we really do love each other and we, we do want to change the narrative. We yeah. want to rewrite the, our histories, you know, like we don't believe in like, oh, these generational curses and no, nah, no, nah, that's not us. We, mm -hmm. we ain't walking in that. Like, we're not, we're not there. Like, we decided, like we made a choice that tough times will come, mm -hmm. but we're here to hold each other's hand through it. We're here to support each other and we're here to love each other. Yeah. Now that sometimes that's tough love, like getting on a Spirit Airlines flight, that's tough love, you know? You're gonna experience that sometimes. Yeah. And but statistics then... <laughs> are meant to be broken. I mean, yeah. just, it's sad that we say, you know, you're more likely to get a divorce than you are to stay together or you see somebody who, has no parent or has this or has that there's always there's always a reason to to break that and i think for yeah. us you know sharing our story you know telling you know and being candid and being open really it's the hope of just together hopefully as as a unit as as one we can start loving each other i mean on the internet all we do is break each other down shoot each other down i think you know, other people, people need to see yeah, <laughs> well people need to see love and i think sharing our story telling our story is not perfect but it's one i think that you know is honest and open so there you have it team raymond team, team raymond was a corny hashtag that now everybody Oh, I says. hate that. When we, before she we got married, can I tell now you, like. Now she, like, wears the team right no. everything. Okay, like, so before we got married, I'm and like, we were, like, posting, like, we had, like, engagement pictures, uh, and we're, like, oh, countdown to our wedding, because we had done, like, a lot of stuff on my dad's talk show, like, getting ready for our wedding. So they had been, like, oh, choose this, vote on this. And uh, Ben said, oh, we're Team Raymond. 
he hashtagged this team. Oh, hashtag team Raymond is all our. She hated it. Now it's like she. I was like, that is now the she's the founder thing. Of the, I was of the like, why would you? Hashtag. I said that is so corny. I was like, team Raymond, team Raymond. He would say it all the time. I was like, oh, he's wearing me out. He's wearing me out. And then now I'm like, oh, team Raymond. <laughs> I'm like, I'm corny. I don't care. Like it was. Yeah. I, now I love it. I'm like, oh, we're team Raymond. Like, and it's funny. Like now, like our friends will be like, oh, what's up, team Raymond? <laughs> So it is. I, oh, I hated it at first. I had, I was like, oh, man, that's so corny. Why would you say lover? Oh my God. Lover, that is the word.